0: To the free kick. Martino Puccio, Kevin Walsh here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Kev, it's new year. Mm-hmm. We're still going to be talking about some of the old things we discussed this past year with Geo. Premier League top score. Mm-hmm. We discussed this a few weeks ago back in early November with Geo. I remember texting you specifically. Yeah. I'm like, Kev, like you should probably get on some of these odds. I, I really don't like a lot of them. Um, I think there's a bunch that have value in it, and one of the main guys and one of the surprises yeah. of the season, Jamie Vardy, sure. coming in now, plus 120 mm-hmm. as top goal scorer. At the time, when we told you guys on this show, plus 380. Yeah, and look, if you were able to get the, the plus 380, then that's incredible. But I
1: actually think this is one of the rare times where a favorite could still present some value, considering mm-hmm. that it's still plus money, which when you're putting futures in, you'd like to get plus money again. We know in the NBA. Giannis right now, odds-on favored. Minus 135 to an MVP. Vardy right here at plus 120 is interesting. Especially when you look at the next two guys that FanDuel has listed. Harry Kane and Mo Salah. Harry Kane is not in the top five in goals scored, and Salah is not in the top ten in goals scored. I know the pedigree that those guys have. I know that they're recent Golden Boot winners. You know, these are guys that could go back-to-back hat-trick games, but the lead that he has over those guys, he's currently got 17 goals. The next closest is a Bummyang on 13, Kane is at 11, and, and most a lot hasn't even hit double digits yet. Uh, so to me, again, I know a lot of times people when they're playing some futures like this, they want to get long shots, but it, the most important thing when betting is winning. And if Jamie Vardy is going to win the golden boot, and that's what you believe, then plus 120 is still a very good price to get it at.
0: And and the the thing about these teams and these players as well is that There are certain teams that have so much firepower. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it when we were saying we didn't really want that many Liverpool players. And Mm. I was kind of off on the Arsenal players too because the goal-scoring distribution is just going to... There isn't a Messi or Cristiano in this, right? right? Where no matter what, even if they have a ton of firepower, where the Suarez, Neymar, whoever you name it, um, they're still going to get there. They're going to get 30, 35. Some of these guys, like Aboumiang, you know, they have Lacazette. They want sure. to get Nicolas Pepe going. They just brought in Mikel Arteta. There's so many guys that they want to get going. Same thing with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. A- and we're going to be talking about this in the next segment. We don't know how many times Mo Salah is going to be playing down the stretch when they're going to have important Champions League.
1: Right.
0: So if he's sitting in matches like that, then I don't really like Mo Salah in this. I was off on Tammy Abraham only because Chelsea, they're such a young side. This is really his first full season at a club like this where they're playing Champions League football. The odds there, they dropped. Um, It's at plus 1,400 now. At the time when we were discussing it, it was plus 650.
1: Which is crazy to think about, right? Because that plus 650, again, it was adjusted for how things were at the time. Mm -hmm. But there's no way he was... You know, that thing had to rock it up from where it was preseason. So if anybody bought it at that price where it is now, obviously, that's really tough. But I think one of the, you know, you mentioned too, right, where we're now getting into teams battling, being in Champions League and different cups. And, you know, Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, they're all in it. They're expected to make runs, even if you're going to, you know, Abraham and Chelsea are still in it. Leicester, if I'm not mistaken, are not in it. So Jamie Vardy and their focus, this team that's currently, you know, in second in the, in the Premier League, you know, on the table, that's going to be their main focus. That's what they're going to care the most about the, you know, and we'll talk about it, uh, you know, in a bit here, the odds of them catching Liverpool obviously is not likely, but them finishing top four and securing that it matters more to them than anybody else that that's chasing that spot. So, Vardy is going to, I think, continue to, to put the goals in and I think to still get it at, at plus 120. Look, the tough things with Futures is if, if there's an injury, that's where you get messed yeah, up. Anything, but though. the thing is, it applies to every single player.
0: Of course. And, and the funny thing about Jamie Vardy, mm. as opposed to a Tim Abraham, we got a proven guy here. Yes. They pulled off the greatest, it would probably be the great, not only the greatest sport upset this century, right. the greatest gambling no, yeah, 5,000 to 1 odds win the Premier League title. Mm-hmm. They're doing it again now, right? Um, they hit a bit of a rough stretch we were talking about on the show. Sure. I mean, when you get Manchester City and Liverpool within a 10-day span, it's going to be difficult no matter who the opponent mm-hmm. is. Um, but like you said, they're going to have the opportunities for that. Some of the other guys on here, even Sergio Aguero, if you wanted to go with him, one mm. of the best goal scorers in the league's history, Yeah, Leroy Sané has got to come back. At a point in time, Gabriel Jesus, again, there's a lot of firepower
1: there. So that's why there's one guy to me, if you do want to go with a long shot here, Danny uh, Ings is presenting value at at 3,600. There are nine guys listed ahead of him, only two have more goals than him right now in the Premier League. The you know Tommy Abraham is one above him at plus 1400. He's at 3600 and they have the same amount of goals right now. He's on great form. If I'm not mistaken, it's eight goals in his last nine appearances. Now, this is where the gap is, right? Southampton's trying to stop from being regulated. These are elite teams that the rest of these guys play for, yep. which means that they've got you know elite playmakers yep. that are going to be putting them in position. But there's nobody taking the goals away from Ings. I would assume penalty opportunities are his for the taking. And the other thing is, if at any point he starts to get close... Yeah. For Southampton, as long as, you know, they are clear from the relegation line, sure. I think their focus then is going to see if they can somehow get Danny Ings, who, you know, Liverpool things never worked out there, this golden boot, you want to talk about a long long shot, 3,600, he's got 12 goals, Mosala's at 700, and he's only got nine. I, I think it presents value if that's going to be your oh, approach to this moment.
0: Oh, at an astronomical number, mm-hmm. if we're really talking about it, but that... That's kind of the thing, though. It's eight goals and nine games. You've got to really keep that going. Absolutely, and, and yeah. it's and it's difficult. You need a couple me. multi-goal games in there of as course. well. Of course, but for me, I like Sterling at plus one thousand. Mm. I think that's a legitimate thing that can happen, just because he is he is so good. And I mean, mm-hmm. do you know how he's our age? He's twenty four. I crazy. mean he he's he's been at this point where we remember when he got sold from Liverpool to Manchester City, right? And we were thinking. That's a crazy number to pay for, mm-hmm. for a kid of that age from a club like Liverpool going over to City. Pep Guardiola has developed him into one of the best forwards and players in the world. Yeah. And at plus 1,000, I like him over any Manchester City player. I, again, Sergio Aguero, I, you know, I just think he's better off suited for the big matches that they have coming up. Because Real Madrid was probably the worst team they could have drawn.
1: Right. Well, and that's... You know, when we talk Champions League, mm-hmm. there there's a bunch of stuff with, with that and how Fandle has course, the odds listed.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I think safe bet here mm-hmm. is Jamie Vardy to go with yeah. Annie Ings is your long shot guy that you love would value if you sure. were going to put yeah. something down like that. For me, I think I would go Raheem Sterling. I understand Harry Kane real quick, plus 550. I think Dele Alli has played much better than he has mm-hmm. since Mourinho. has arrived.
1: Right, and that's it. If you believe that Mourinho is going to get them in form, I, you know, I talked to another one of my buddies, a big soccer fan, and he's like, you know, Kane is always a guy. It just, it's the pedigree. He can catch fire. You know, he yep. can play four games where he, where he scores seven goals. Like, he has yep. that kind of ability, and and that is the thing, we, we, you know, we're at the halfway point. It only takes a certain stretch of games to f- where to really close this thing down.
0: Yeah, and no, you know, the same thing that we were saying, Leicester City could slow down a little bit. Sure. That also plays in hand with Jamie Vardy. Because when Leicester's hot, Jamie's hot. Exactly. And they're cold, Jamie's cold. Mm-hmm. And, and it's at a point right now where Spurs, I mean, they've been a little bit inconsistent, definitely playing better from where they were. Sure. Plus 550. I, I, I like it. I, mm-hmm. I don't love it, but... I think that's one of the guys I would go out of the household names. Sure. But moving over to other household names, Juve, <laughs> Inter. Sure. I mean, look, I we we do this comparison because I like to make more comparisons because uh, there's so many American sports on here all mm-hmm. the time. Juve is your typical New England Patriots, uh, whatever team LeBron's playing for in the Eastern (laughs) Conference. Every time they hit a bit of a snag, they're doing poorly. They're in poor form. Certain players aren't playing their greatest, like Cristiano was uh, a few weeks ago. Everyone's kind of off on them. Like Mm -hmm. Inter's going to win the. Mm. Juve's won this eight straight years, going on nine. (laughs) To me, they're not playing great. Right? That's the whole issue that everyone has. Juve's not playing great. Inter's playing fantastic is not up to their potential. They're worried about the Champions League. You say all that, Mm -hmm. and then you look at the standings, Kevin. Where are Juve in the standings?
1: They're they're on goal differential in second. I mean, this is the thing that that really pops to me. If you go through goal differential, which sometimes could be misleading by one big performance, but you would assume Juve would always be right at the top. There are four teams right now in Serie A that have a better goal differential than Juventus. So you can go one of two ways with that, where eventually this catches up to them, or this team, a five-game stretch of actually playing to their level, to their quality of five straight wins. I mean, they've only lost one game. You know, It's the goal differential difference. Now, it is an eight-goal differential difference between them and Inter, and that could be tough to make up as long as Inter plays, but... They're tied on points, and I don't think this could come down to goal differential. It's represented in the odds at minus 230, but you got to think, and I don't know what the exact number was, but Juventus had to be significantly higher favorites preseason. Mm-hmm. You come on, you, you come in now halfway, and they're tied for first. It's the goal differential, but they're, they're same amount of points. I got to think that's, a, that's an attractive price.
0: But there's also less competitors, too, at the top. Mm. Napoli was supposed to be the main team here, sides from Inter that was going to compete for it. Napoli is not even in a Champions League spot. So when you take another yeah. team away like that, Inter still have a ton of injuries in the midfield. And, and Juve is just a much deeper team, and that matters. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing I was mentioning to you uh, in between the break, there has been one team in, in recent years, uh, this past decade, um, off the top of my head, Juve was the only team to get knocked out in the group stage of Champions League to Mm. go on to win their league. Mm. That's a a trend. That's not only historical. That's a constant thing. Like, you need to have depth. You need to be consistent over the course of time. We haven't seen that from Inter. Inter have made it Champions League two years in a row. They're coming back from from the pits of, Mm -hmm. of just, like, the worst stretch that they've had in decades.
1: And, and I think, too, it's when you're going to lay a price like this, it's what do you trust? I think you have to trust Juventus. If they win their next match, Inter loses theirs. It's a three-point differential. This number's not going to be there.
0: No, it's, it's not. There's, I think there's almost a 0% chance right. you're even going to see it get back to 230 Absolutely. at that point. And that's the thing. If you want to jump on it now, and we said it a few weeks ago, I think it was just a shade under 200 okay. or right around this number. We're like... I think this is probably the best time that you should go mm-hmm. jump on. And and I kinda understand it because at the end of the day, I don't I don't I just don't see how Inter's gonna do it. Because also you wanna get on it now before the January transfers come in. we're gonna be straying away a little bit from gambling. This affects gambling to a certain extent because it affects the outcome of games directly and that's VAR, obviously. And I just wanna pull out my phone here, use it a little bit as a prop, um, to talk about technology, right? Because technology so many times gets lost between generations right right? because there is a generational gap between technology we know it between our parents our grandparents and even with us even our younger siblings if you have younger siblings right so i always like to use var as an example that It's like an iPhone when when an older person goes back to the Apple store and they complain about the phone. Oh, this phone's not working well. It's not doing the right things that I want it to do. Meanwhile, it is the person that is using the phone that doesn't know how to use it correctly. The phone itself has no issues at all. And I think that can be applied to Vargio because simply The way VAR is being used is not being used correctly. It's the rules that are involved. It's the referees that are not using it correctly. Um, They're not getting the right and proper angles that they could be using for that. We've seen it throughout time. Obviously, one of the main ones was Everton versus Manchester Mm -hmm. United over the past weekend. Carlo Ancelotti got the red card for that, uh, for disputing it afterwards. We see it all the time in Italy. all, All the controversy surrounding subjectivity of calls uh, of the handball rule and what's a handball what's not a handball what has been your overall take of var do you, do you agree with me to the extent that the technology of var is good but it's not being applied right
4: no i, I agree 100 percent i think that the whole the overall concept of having VAR is to make the decisions cleaner right for the game and to get the decisions right so i'm not against var itself yeah but the rules underlining the VAR and just how it's used. just It it makes the VAR kind of set up for failure, right? It, yeah. it, it, that's why people are complaining. It's because of the rules being way too subjective. For example, just to shy away from the Calvert-Lewin goal, or I mean, sorry, the Everton goal real quick. Yeah. In Italy, we study out, right? We see this whole handball rule and we see VAR being used. Sometimes the handballs are given a penalty, sometimes they're not. And it just seems like people are going to complain. Oh, is it because of this team? Is it because of that team? It's because the interpretation of the referee. It's just v- too subjective. Yeah. You know, uh, one referee will say no. It's it, it, well, so
0: so so, give him a breakdown of what exactly the rule change has been in Italy. So basically, I think the easiest way to explain it is: anytime the ball touches your arm, it's a handball. Yeah. Which is absolutely ridiculous because if you're a stiff like this and you have your arms up against your body, what else can you do? Like you can't chop off your arms and prevent the ball from hitting your arms. If you're in, in in a straight position like this and your arms are against your body and the, and the ball hits your arm, they're calling that a handball. In, in turn, that has nothing to do with VAR. That has to do with a rule being completely stupid.
4: Yeah, and even, let's say you're going up for a corner, right? You're jumping up and your mom, you can't jump with your, it's hard to really jump with your hands behind your back or like this. You can do it, but I'm just saying when you're trying to get momentum, let's say for a clearance. Or even and, the
0: Davide Calabria right, one and, when when it when he's and back is facing the ball him,
4: isn't hitting you in the direction of the goal. It's just at this point in, in the league, it's all right, we're going to VAR. It's usually a penalty, you yeah. know, and that's a, and that's a problem. Uh, we
0: saw what your team's lot on. No. Like
4: one angle will show you, it hits his arm. Another angle maybe comes off the stomach. Fans, fans the shouldn't arm.
0: get the angle that we see at home because sometimes we see it within the NFL, even the NBA sometimes, that we're viewing angles that we see that that's not a handball. Right. We clearly see it hit off his stomach. So why us, the fans, the viewers, are seeing something completely different than the guys that should have the best view possible in VAR. And again, that, that is just the ability of not applying this correctly. Because yep. if you're not using the technology, right, like how are you gonna blame the iPhone for not calling someone correctly when you're not pressing dial, right? right. That's not the phone's fault. That's your fault for not using the phone right. It's not VAR's fault that you're viewing the wrong camera angles or you're interpreting the rule in a poor way because at the end of the day, VAR is there to get things right because one goal that we could talk about and I like to talk about often is Frank Lampard's goal that was taken away against Germany in the World Cup. Okay. Now you want to go back and talk about that. You hate VAR, but in that moment in time, we're still talking about a goal that was disallowed 10 years later. We can get rid of that conversation if we get the goal right by using VAR.
4: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it just really comes down to, we see other sports, right, wanting to nail the rules right, so that when video replays are, sure. are, are concerning that, you get it right, and that's what I think it is. You, got to, you have to find something that's really objective, so VAR, People using the VARs, the refs using the VARs in in the room back there, looking at the replay, know what they're doing. And I think that's really what's the underlying cause. Will VAR be a success at the end of the day, yes or no? I think it's needed to police the game, but a lot of people will say no.
1: Got something you want to tell us? So I think it's appropriate, right, because the last segment we we, we went value hunting, right? I'm throwing out Adelante, Valencia, plus 6,500. We're going the complete opposite direction. Uh, right now, Liverpool are... Minus 2400 to win the Premier League, which is a massive number, right? Like when, when you really say, you have to put down $2,400 to win $100. That is something that people don't want to do. But if you're going to do it, you better be sure it's a lock. And I look at the table in the Premier League, and I oh, wow. don't see how this is not going to end up with a Liverpool trophy. They are, from what we've seen, by far and away the best team. Mm-hmm. And it is, rep- it is represented in the differential. They are 13 points clear of second place Leicester with a game in hand. And by the way, according to the odds, City is supposed to finish second over Liverpool, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then, if you're going to put it into those, they are 14 uh, points clear then. If you're going to go off of, of City, who they're expecting to finish second, with a game in hand, mm. they have not lost a game yet. Like, I know we're talking about laying... Like, if you want to win 200 bucks, you are laying just shy of five grand. It is a lot to ask. But the question that I want to have to you, because you know mm. so much about soccer, not just what goes on currently in the world, but the history of the game or- is is there a, a collapse that could act Never. as a sign of caution to not put this risk down because i'm looking at this as a guarantee to come home
0: i it is a guarantee to come home and and if this were to happen this is the greatest collapse in the history of collapses and mm-hmm. and i'm talking about history whatever mathematics astronomy i don't know where there's been <laughs> collapses there but it would it would be worse than that and Look, uh, at the same time, Liverpool has not won the modern-day Premier League trophy. We talk about how Juve wants to go Mm -hmm. win the Champions League. That's something they need. This is something Liverpool needs. This is going to validate them when we look back in history, saying, who are some of the greatest sides that we have ever seen? Mm -hmm. Liverpool potentially going to three straight Champions League finals, beating out Man City, who won the domestic treble, one of the best English teams ever. And and if
1: they start fighting to stay undefeated, uh, good luck. They're running away with it.
0: Yeah, Arsenal's last one.
3: Dortmund versus Leverkusen, who's in fifth place right now. What are your thoughts, predictions?
0: This is all Erling Haaland. I mean, this kid is insane. He's just a teenager. He's already got... I mean, what what was it again? I put it down here seven goals at Dortmund already, and he just arrived there this month He's just a teenager um, And he hasn't even started every game his first game. He came off the bench and scored a hat-trick It's just one of those debuts It kind of reminds me of Piontek a little bit last year with Milan where he was just so on fire And it didn't matter that he switched teams midseason He was just still scoring the goals and he's in the perfect place to develop because Dortmund has a great track record of developing star players like that, and this is just a prime game for them to win against Leverkusen because they're still there's still a kind of a tight race for the Champions League spot. So I, I think Dortmund's going to be able to pull this one out.
4: I mean, Dortmund's in contention for the title too. I mean, between first to fifth, it's not really a, that much distance, like and Dortmund's I think three off Bayern now, so it's a very close race. I mean, you said Haaland, He got a couple more goals this past weekend, which was was great for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. And usually they develop talent. <laughs> now they brought in talent. So hopefully he's not one of those that they sell off. You know, maybe he'll be there for a long, long time. And he should be for there. 20 million. Yeah, and he got for a bargain because yeah. I, I guess it was a release clause or whatnot. But yeah. hey, they jumped on it. They did a good job with that. Uh, Dorman scored, has scored 15 goals in their last three games. Five goals per game, literally. It's, they've they're just doing scored five really well. goals. So they're on fire. They're, I think they're the second-highest scoring now. They have 56 goals there. They're doing really well. Although I do think this match will be a little closer than we think, I don't think we'll see another blowout.
3: I mean, Erling Holland, Holland um, he's just a spectacular player. I, I don't know, seven goals, right? It's averaging, I, I looked it up, 19 in 19.4 minutes, <laughs> He gets a goal in each match. In history, there hasn't been a player like him that starts off in the Bundesliga scoring in every game. So my question to you guys is, what are academies or clubs producing? Why is this generation so different?
4: I don't know, I mean even with the talent that he might possess, it's just I guess it's up to the players' worth work ethic too. I mean, the academies bring in tons of players, but not all of them succeed, right? We, we see yeah. we see players fall off or tail off eventually. Barcelona products yeah, all the time. All the time. And even in Italy there's like the Atalanta Academy is known for producing a lot and then they go off to Milan, might not be as good, yeah. come back you know what I mean? Like it's just things like that. But in terms of Holland, I mean what I see is just The finishing is insane, I mean, he scores all different kinds of goals. I've I've watched him. All
0: competitions too.
4: And I watched him, exactly, I was about to say, I watched him against Napoli with Salzburg, so he was doing it in Austria, and then people are saying, hey, he's going to come to Germany, maybe he won't be as good. It's a tougher league, right? But the thing is, we're seeing
3: players players like Ansu Fati, right? We're seeing players like Frankie de Jong, we're seeing players like himself. What is so different from this generation that these academies or clubs are producing? How are these players coming out to be so well-rounded and mentally focused for these matches?
0: I think I think it's an all sports kind of thing. I mean, how many times do we see it in basketball over here? There's baseball stars, football stars. These kids just know what they need to do in the academies. The sport's evolving. The sport, yeah. the sport world is they're evolving ba- because of the
3: technology, answers. because most probably coaches are putting more efforts into their methodology I just said methodology <laughs> I really dislike that word
0: <laughs> but it's true but they're uh, but putting true, more though.
3: thought into it where they're creating players that are much well they're they're well rounded
0: they know, they know what they need their players to be good at. Just like Barcelona, a lot of the time, why they're so good, it's not so much playing all the time. The, the academy has them sitting down, watching the film, knowing where they need to be in specific spots, knowing what they need to be good at. You need to be good with your left foot, your right foot. You need to be right, able to, to head say, the ball. It's more than one Movement. thing nowadays. And there's so many things that they know that goes into making a player so great, and that's how they're able to develop them. And this is all over the place too. You were referencing Barcelona players, Ajax players, and now this is over in Austria. And and the expectation and knowing that there's been teenagers before that have got it done, it, it makes it easier for these newer teenagers because when you're the first coming along the line of, of teenagers, there's a lot more expectations on you because there's never been mm-hmm. anything like that before. Champions League outright I have a lot of issues uh, I, I yeah. issues plural I, I genuinely mean that <laughs> i and, and the, these were coming out prior to when the draw happened for the knockout stage mm-hmm. when there was like one to two games left in the group stage and I kept saw I kept seeing this team at the top of this mm. list as the odds on favorite um by a decent stretch this is a decent gap that i I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Manchester City plus 310, Mm -hmm. a team that has never been to a Champions League final, a team that is failing miserably in the Premier League. And and a lot of the times that your league doesn't really affect what you do in the Champions League. We see that with Real Madrid. We saw with Chelsea. Mm -hmm. They finished eighth and they won their Champions League. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand this number. I don't know where they're coming from. I, they're banking on the fact that Manchester City is going to eventually hit that form that we saw last year. Sure. Where they win the domestic treble. But what did we also see last year? Mm-hmm. Them going out against a Spurs team that they probably shouldn't have lost to. Mm-hmm. And this is a trend now with Pep Guardiola teams since he left Barcelona. Bayern Munich got a juggernaut over there. Didn't even make a final.
4: Mm.
0: Manchester City spending... $0.8 billion worth of pounds <laughs> on defenders and yeah. players?
1: So this is the thing, and I mentioned before, right, I talked to, you know, again, my buddy of mine, I trust a lot of soccer stuff, and when I asked him, who do you think the favorites were, because goes, I, I, I got to assume it's Barca, Liverpool, and I said it was City. And, and similar to you, he goes, that's crazy. They, they're not playing to that level. There's no way that should be. The thing is, I can take this even from the approach of just knowing odds and numbers and how these things are usually going to work. Man City is plus 310. They've got the best odds. We're in the round of 16. Eight teams are going to be moving forward. It, you know, if you have that way, you would think the, the eight teams that they expect to win their matchup will be the eighth uh, most favorited teams. That's not the case here. And it's because you also don't know who teams are going to be playing the next round. But there's no way to justify Real Madrid. Being the team who is expected to lose their matchup, yet being the most favorited of that bunch. Essentially saying that Manchester City's our favorite to win, but Real Madrid is the toughest matchup that anybody drew in the first round. That does not connect. That doesn't match up. You think about who Liverpool drew, who Barcelona drew. Even Juventus playing Lyon, I think you could really make an argument being a bigger favorite than Man City because... They are significantly more likely to advance and there is a Ton of value in that. You think about the college football playoffs that just recently happened. You know, FanDuel had early lines out for for if LSU and Clemson met, Clemson was going to be favored. Mm-hmm. But LSU were favored to win the title because they were so much more likely to get there because of their matchup. That's what applies here. I don't understand based on the numbers how Man City is plus 310 because according to them, they have a significantly harder matchup than most of these
0: other teams. And Again, Bayern Munich, plus 700, but they're not even first place in the Bundesliga. Mm. This team isn't... This is Robert Lewandowski FC, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. The way it's been going for them, again, I I don't get... Plus 1,600 for Real Madrid. That's (laughs) by far the best value you're going to get anywhere on here. Mm. Barcelona, back-to-back seasons collapsing. Mm -hmm. Roma, Liverpool... Liverpool now, and this is a point that I wanted to make, and we were talking about it off air as well. Liverpool are so far ahead in the Premier League. Mm. This helps so much in the Champions League, strictly because when you get further and later on into the season, legs get tired, you're playing a ton of matches, you're going to have to fight for a Premier League title tooth and nail up until the last match day. It's not the case here. Mm-hmm. This would be the greatest collapse of all time in sports history in terms of going for a title. Because, I mean, it's hard to compare titles in other sports because we have playoffs and all that. But in terms of strictly a 38-game season, this would be an epic collapse of astronomical proportions right. with a 13-point lead. But, again, to the main point is that when you get later on in the season, you get you play against teams that aren't that great. West Ham, United, you know, just brought in David Moyes mm-hmm. uh, back again. He He's back. Um, that game right there, say they're going up against PSG in a semi-final. Mm. They can rest Mosala. They can rest Roberto Firmino. Mm-hmm. They can rest Sadio Mane. If you can rest all three of those guys, not have to worry about even losing the league, mm. relatively losing it, I'm taking that. I mean, like, that's, that's fantastic.
1: And, and this and, is, again, where we talk about, though— Trying to, you know, make the right decision with this. Because of the triple money line, because a draw is an option, Liverpool in that first matchup against Madrid right now to win because they're away are plus 150. What
0: are you saying Man City? I'm
1: talking No, I'm talking about Liverpool right now to play Atletico, Atletico Madrid. Okay, okay me, sorry. Okay, so gotcha, they're, gotcha. they're plus 150 to win that game. Plus 430, there's so many things that have to happen, right? because this And this is the tough thing, but it's the fun thing about Champions League. No idea who they're going to play next round. We don't know who's going to be left. There's a draw. There's no brackets. So I actually think in terms of a, a team like Liverpool, you might be better off playing them plus 150 to win away at Atletico Madrid. If they do so, cool, boom, you've made a profit, and you look to maybe play them next round. If they lose that game, all of a sudden then when you get into the second leg, they'll give you the the odds for them to advance. Despite how good they are, you're going to be getting better odds because they will be entering the game down on aggregate. And just another point to Man City, because they're in a similar situation. These are the favorites, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, to win this whole thing going away. Many other places. They're plus 145. Yet there are three teams, Juventus, Bayern, Barcelona, who are going to be on the road, and are still favorited, despite triple money line, to win that game. I think that's another thing that just points to how crazy the idea of Man City being plus 310. But I was telling you, Martino, there are two teams that I have circled that I actually really want to place Champions League outright futures on. And I don't really think you'll believe me when I say it. Do you you want to get to it
0: right now? Yes. So so, so there are
1: three teams that are plus 6500, which is an Astronomical price. A hundred dollar bet, you win six thousand five hundred dollars. And what's nice about this, if you want to play really small, ten bucks wins you six hundred and fifty bucks, which is a good day for anybody. So, the three teams the first one's Napoli, and that's because Mm -hmm. they're playing Barca. Sure, it would be incredible to see Napoli, who's not really playing all too well, right? We mentioned it with Luzerian. They're they're not,
0: you know, in form. But they got results both times they faced Liverpool in the group stage. Which which obviously is
1: substantial And if they can focus their energy here. But it would still be looked at, again, according to the odds, quite the upset for them to be in the the round of eight. Mm -hmm. Atalanta and Valencia are facing one another and have the exact same odds. You are guaranteed, if you put 10 bucks down on both of these teams, that you will have a team at plus 6,400 mm-hmm. in the round of eight, and the buyback opportunity is all you need. We were downstairs earlier, someone was talking to me about, you know, the concept of hedging. And it's the best thing in the world when you have the ability to hedge a bet. It was something, um, you know, Jared Smith, who, was on, you know, uh, who works here, bet the Nationals to win the World Series solely because he was looking to hedge it. Now, obviously, we know how it went. They yeah, they win the whole thing. Yeah. And I don't think Atalanta or Valencia are going to be winning. And look, the next round, they could play a Man City or Liverpool or Barcelona but all they have to do is get there. And because of the value in the triple money line, I will be able to get my money back on Barcelona by betting them to win the first leg of the game, no problem. And, and, and I will do so where I'm going to be able to guarantee profit. You should not be sitting here where one of these teams is guaranteed to go to the next round, same exact odds at 6,500, I think it is absolutely worth however you you mix up your units when you wager putting the same amount down on both, guaranteeing that you are holding a plus 6,400 ticket because you're going to obviously take the 100 off because you have lost one of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Going into the round of eight, neither team, no matter who they draw, will be at worse odds than this. It, honestly, there's a good chance it's cut in half.
0: It, I, that is a great point, and I totally... Understand where you're coming from, and I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think it's stupid for all the points you made. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's as crazy. I thought it was going to be something <laughs> like well, I am not hedging. I am doubling down. No, like that's the thing. <laughs> like,
1: and and you have to understand if you do decide to make this wager, sure, you have to hedge. Like, don't be greedy. Don't start talking yourself into Atalanta upsetting Liverpool because Liverpool's out of form. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Of course. Now look, maybe there's there's a big upset, right? And say. They play Napoli or something, right? Like if it's sure. Atalanta Napoli, which would again w- would be crazy. But right now, if you just go off the Serie A table, Atalanta's playing you know better better soccer than that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those things. I think when you talk about you know a, a team like Leon, who's who sits there right at, at plus ten thousand, this crazy price because they have to beat Juventus and then they would have to win again and again and again. again. That that hedge opportunity is not the same because. They're not beating Juventus. It would be a shocker if that happens. I'm guaranteed that one of these teams is going to the next round. If you think about the combos that you can do across the board, this is by far the most attractive one. Think about Man City, Real Madrid, 310 and plus 160. I've got better odds on both of these teams.
0: See, well, here's the thing where they they come up with the numbers, Mm -hmm. right? I'm confused. <laughs> Whittner, and it's not to insult anybody, I'm just, I'm trying to understand. Mm. Because I see something here that makes sense to me, in a way. Mm-hmm. Atletico and Spurs numbers, right? Sure. Win the whole thing. Plus mm-hmm. 2,000, plus 3,100 mm-hmm. for Atletico. Sure. They're playing poorly in their leagues. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. Everyone had high expectations for them coming into the season. Yeah. And they're paying the price for it now, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of... People just don't see them advancing, and I understand with the Atletico perspective because of who they're playing. Mm. But then you have Juve plus 1,200, a team that did make a couple Champions League finals and added one of the three greatest players of all time to their team who mm-hmm. dominates and owns this competition. Right. There is no one really that you could say, oh, he doesn't come up for this game. He is there all the time. Mm-hmm. This is why they brought him in. This is their sole reason. Their sole purpose. Yes. You lose seven finals. You haven't won since the late 90s. This is all they're missing. Yeah. Right? This is the cherry on top of the cake of a dominant decade.
1: Right. And look, whenever I you know, I feel like entertaining a soccer argument, I usually just like to say Cristiano Ronaldo's the goat. Sure. Works every time you tell me it's messy. But at the end of the day, yes. you're smart enough to know that this dude's one of the best to ever do it, and he's still at an elite level. And I talk about right I'm if I'm going to make the Atalanta Valencia double bet, right? It's because I'm just looking to guarantee a profit. Sure. I don't ever think those bets are going to cash. But if I'm looking at these odds here and I'm talking about plus 1200 and a real chance at cashing because here's the thing. According to this if you really look at the odds, they are the team that is most likely to be in the next yep. round.
3: Welcome back. We're taking it to Serie A this upcoming Sunday. Inter Milan versus AC Milan. What are your predictions for this match? Milan
4: Boy can start this one. Oh, you yeah, want me is, to start? This it? is his
0: biggest. Now this let's just big, start by saying
3: Inter Milan has been doing very, very well. Um, AC Milan. Uh, not so well. Finally
0: the, the last time. <laughs> this is the best month of the points, season. Yeah. This is the best month of the season that they've had. But this is this is like the biggest one of the bigger rivalries in the sport. I don't think we've seen one this lopsided of a rivalry besides the Manchester rivalry over the past couple that we have. Yeah. The past couple years, it's been very clear and evident that Inter is the better club. They got the better team. They got the better coaches. They got the better directors. They got the better owners. They have the better players <laughs> everywhere, all over the yeah. field. Um, a lot of these derbies haven't been close. The last one that they played was absolutely terrible. I don't think I've actually seen Milan play worse in a derby. That was back when they had Gianpaolo, though who is the manager that they sacked like two weeks after that. They were playing a bunch of different players. They were were playing the older guard of the players that were on the terrible teams of recent years. But now they have Ismail Benassar is gonna be back for this. Teo Hernandez is starting in this one, which he didn't start in that. They're gonna have Conti back in that. And Ibrahimovic is playing his first derby since he was sold back in 2012. So we're gonna lose.
4: All oh, you're, you're giving me all these positives for uh, oh we got this player back. I give the No, no, but prediction. also
3: we also have to add in that Christian Eriksen has been added on That's to right. Inter Milan, and he is one of the top playmakers yeah. in Europe right now. He goes onto the field and he changes the whole dynamic of a game of a, of a match. And he comes at a perfect time too because Inter has
4: plenty of injuries, yeah, and so and they'll, need, injuries. they'll need they'll need Eriksen to do that playmaking with uh, Lukaku up front because Lautaro's out. Uh, a big cog in in, in their team is Handanovich, However old he is, he's amazing. He has been for throughout his whole career. That's the reason why they've made a, a, champions. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that's big too. So Eriksson yes. getting there, being there, especially they might have some midfielders out. You sense. But Sensi. there yes. might there Sensi might be an problems. issue with
3: that because if we think about it, okay, Lukaku up top, but is he going to be used in the system of a three five two? Where is he going to Where is he going to fit in?
0: Oh, the Eriksson. You mean, yes, yeah, team. well, no, but that's been the debate about people yeah. who are trying to figure out where he exactly he fits in Conte's system.
3: Are they going to do a four-four-two? 4 2 or Are they going to, well, I think. What's, I what's think it's. Happen? I think it's
0: a basic 3-5-2 that's set up, but some players are up more, some drop yeah, back a little bit more. because now without
4: Lautaro, he doesn't even have exactly, that Exactly, because Lautaro was partner. the
0: perfect partner for Lukaku, and they've been one of the best duos in the world at this point. I think, I think it'll be something in adaptation of a 3 five, 2 where the wingers still push up more, but the midfielders are a little bit held more back, uh, except for Erickson because obviously the closer he is to goal, the better yeah, the team is. But look, I I think this is a perfect spot for Milan to potentially get a win. So, against yes,
4: Listen, I really do think that Milan can get something out of this game. I'm not draw, saying maybe. that because we're 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 sitting next to each other, we're friends, <laughs> but I really do mean that because either's injuries could catch up to them. Listen, Milan since Idris come back, yes, they dropped the points. They haven't this lost the game. Yeah, they haven't lost though. Ibra just being on that pitch makes a whole world of difference for this team because whether even if he's not scoring goals we saw him score one in this I think a second game and then the Italia game mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to necessarily score goals because you have Lao pl- playing off of him you have players pushing up the tail has been really good for them he, he just the attention that he brings in in that in that forward position you have people paying attention to him and that's yes. where they all when go I'm for
3: what I'm extremely excited for for Ericrickson is the partnership and the bond that he's going to build with Lukaku because if we look at Eriksson's um, characteristics as a player, he's patient. He knows when to hold on to the ball. He's extremely good in attacks because he comes from a Premier League, he comes mm-hmm. from the English game. Serie A and the English League are two very different leagues, very different styles of play. Mm-hmm. The Premier League, I think players that have transitioned from the Premier League to the Italian League have been successful because they're just so physical. Italians aren't used to that. They're a bit more tactical, they hold on mm-hmm. to the ball. And here comes Eriksen where he does hold on to the ball, he's very patient, he waits for those open spaces to open. Um, and then you have Lukaku up top, who has played in the English league before. So yep. he knows how to play off of him, and he has that power, that speed. Um, so I'm excited to see that the, the bond that they're going to create.
0: I, I Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. And I think it's going to take some time. It'll be a little bit like Dybala fitting in Saudi's system for Juventus because it takes a little bit of time because if his characteristics really kind of don't fit the system but he's so good in creating and even scoring goals that you have to find a position for him and all Eriksson really has to do in reality is just create enough chances for Lautaro and Lukaku but in this matchup I think it's a little bit easier for Milan strictly because you don't have to focus on Lautaro that ones. much. Romagnoli yes. can just simply worry about Lukaku because he got Lukaku got the better of him in that one. Mm-hmm. Romagnoli does rarely slips up often. Lukaku absolutely jumped way above him, headed that goal home, and that was the most embarrassing moment of the season so far.
3: With AC Milan, <laughs> they're going to go into this. I don't know what to expect from AC Milan, to be quite honest. because Yeah, no, no. <laughs> You can't say that. That's a bit unfair because it's a derby he's and so usually first off. You're the worst fan ever. Okay. I'm not, I'm I Benissar. would not want I'm not, you. I'm the, I'm the worst. I would not want you on my team. But anyways, back to what I was saying, uh, AC Milan is coming off a draw versus Verona and they don't have Salatan because he's out in the flu and they also don't have Ismail. So
0: No, he's back for he this. Benacer is back. Ibra should be back. Ibra, hopefully he's back for that. They we were missing know. a lot of guys. They for, came for out that they game. came out
3: extremely flat. The they opportunities did. that Verona had that they could have actually oh, yeah. executed, they just they weren't this able to. is why to. Milan's
0: gonna lose.
4: They're... That's an
3: issue. But you know what what might drive them is that this is a Derby. Oh
4: yeah. Derbies are always Derbies close. are
3: always there's always they're, something they're always intense. For the last something one. intense. I
4: think they can get a point out of this
0: set. They the know they problems. can. They can, but That's it, I have a very difficult time seeing them win this game. And even, even at the worst, Inter still has all their defenders.
3: You're
0: the fakest. That's true. I'm not, I'm not the true. fakest fan. Their, I am a I realistic fan who understands... I can't where take team, you right now. Ask anybody on the Sports Grid Everyone Network, go, by the
3: way. Everyone follow him on Twitter. Everyone gets... Twitter follow page. him on Twitter. You know what?
4: He's play-by-plays are the best. That's where I go after Milan games. Martino Buccio but, on Twitter. That's
0: where well, I go. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm realistic about it, and, and I, get, I catch a lot of crap on the network, too, <laughs> because every time we talk basketball, I bet against the Celtics in certain games because I know they're going to lose in certain... Like, this one... <laughs> If you were wanna, if you like Milan in this, I would just simply take a draw and under two plus two forty at the draw okay. and under two and a half.
3: Quickly, because we were talking, yes. but we were talking about the English league before, and I, yes. I have to mention this. Sure. Um, there was actually an article that came out, one of the interviews that Conte actually just had, and in quotation, I'm gonna read this. I won the league in the first year and the FA Cup in the second year. Klopp hasn't won anything yet in England after four years. Pep <laughs> didn't win anything in his first year.
0: He has the best press conferences. Y'all, they're always.
4: <laughs> they're
3: always
0: nice he's either. He's the...
3: going at Pep and he's going at Klopp.
4: Yeah, the best thing Is in the this world. man. What? No, this is Conte, though. He's this, Durant. This is him, though, But he, this is
0: him. If he either does, he does that, he's whining about how he's not getting enough money for his transfers. He did that at Chelsea. Or he did his that players aren't giving their all. He was know. complaining earlier this year about <laughs> it. And, and you know what? But i got to give it props to him because almost everywhere he goes, Gets he wins fan, the yeah. league. Europe, different discussion. Yeah, you' will say is, that they, he can't talk anything about that they got knocked out they choked the Champions League group stage for that they blew that they're blowing some games right now with inter they have everything they need to potentially they should win the be lead. ahead of you there right now. there should be no they excuses should. for them the but And Juve this is has, what he does Juve
3: has Cristiano oh, they're gonna win the machine. Lead. They win it to win the yeah,
0: so it, it's not that they're not going win it I think that
3: just be, it becomes so boring like let's say the Spanish boring. and the Spanish League the Italian league, you, you kind of always yeah, know of course who's going to win how
4: do you think we felt for the past decade especially me <laughs> in the
0: past couple of years where you you think you're close uh, and then you you're not Well, I mean well we were never really close so it's not that bad for me <laughs>
3: then no but then you had Stefano um the the Milano the Milan coach come out and say in a press conference Purely? Uh, Poliya, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. the season is complicated and competitive. Winning games will be difficult, and we have to show good performances. I don't really know how I feel about that, about what he said.
0: It's just damage control. I think he's just being realistic about the situation. Like he's a coach that took over during a crisis. The way over, they were he going, he took over about four months and ago. He finally yeah. had a good stretch. The too, way, so yeah, not even like yeah. right around four months ago. Yeah. Realistically, they were heading towards relegation. The way they were playing not playing to certain guys that they needed to. He, he's just coming in for six months. As far as we know, the report a this morning... A team like
3: AC Milan, why is it so difficult to get great players? We don't have what? enough time. Oh, <laughs> why it is it so difficult in history? It's <laughs> AC Milan. Say
0: good. Because, well, because FFP regulations with... Not being able to do that if this was the late 80s that's how yeah, they returned to their dominance story. they were just able to buy Marco van Basten, Frank Rijkaard, Rube Gullit they're able to buy the best players in the world and when Milan has money and they're able to buy players they come here the fact that they got Bonucci at that time when he when Juve was coming off a Champions League final speaks volumes to, to the attraction of that they don't have the money right now they're not in Champions League I
3: think this they need a right fault. back I think they they desperately need a right back absolutely
0: i agree yeah Yeah, you're right yeah we need a lot of things that's one of them uh,
3: call me call me as your sporting director i'll get you guys right back
0: (laughs) you hey first of all you know the owner first of all (laughs) you can't just subtly say you know
2: (laughs) paul singer and say
0: paul singer yeah he owns acmo yeah, th- yeah, yeah, he does, yeah, that's a big <laughs> Thank deal. Thank you for
3: putting me on the spot. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you, you. can
0: withhold information yes, like I, that. I, I
3: know, I know, I know. But they desperately do need a right back. Yes. Maldini just made his first appearance third generation.
0: Yeah, that no. Yeah, that, yeah, that is that was, cool was amazing that's
3: Wonderful that was for awesome the family. Moment. Yeah, well
0: because well for people who don't know the sport This is one of that's one of the greatest things that you'll see three generations going back to the 1960s of Strictly playing for this club. Oh, he's only 18. He's a, he's his youngest son His older son Christian <laughs> isn't uh, good enough unfortunately to play for them but but I mean, it's a great debut to just to see that. And he's a forward, though, by the way.
3: His yeah. grandfather
0: and his father were you know what's, defenders. You know what's
3: so wonderful about the Italian league and the Italian culture is that they hold on to legacy and they hold mm-hmm. oh, on absolutely. to tradition. Loyalty. And they, they, yeah, and they really they, they're ha- like they love that. You know, they mm-hmm. want to see a family grow in a club. Well, one, it, it brings them extremely good media. Um,
0: but <laughs> yeah they love that attention it's they
3: love that attention but I just think it just holds a meaning to the game so when you watch these matches it's like you're living it like you feel like you're part of a family
0: no I, I it's kind of you've surreal seen, to see.
3: you've seen three generations like three yeah. generations special.
0: I, it, That's special I don't think it's ever been done at this level that they're this that great of a family to have players to play for a From club Milan, like this yeah. it's, it'll never be done again and you'll never see quickly
3: again. so predictions
0: we lose. <laughs>